The holiday season is now upon us. The year is absolutely flying by, and the news never stops. That's why we at the DSR Network have expanded our programming to cover even more of the world's events. We hope you will consider supporting our work by becoming a member. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of November, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code STUFFING at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code STUFFING. Thank you very much for your support. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm one of your hosts, David Rothkopf, joined as ever by Chris Cottonor. How are you doing, Chris? Doing well, thank you. Excellent. And Riley Fessler, how are you doing, Riley? I am doing well. Okay, it's the beginning of a holiday week. We're going to give you a quick rundown of what's going on in the world and a little bit of analysis to go with that. Chris, why don't you kick it off? Uh, So the onslaught in Gaza continues. Uh, Israel reportedly bombed another hospital, killing at least 12 Palestinians. Um, And in the United States, there have, or there's there's started to be some uh, pro-Palestinian rallies. One took place over the weekend in New York City, and thousands of people participated in protesting Israel's uh, assault on Gaza with actresses like Susan Sarandon involved in the protests. Um, The protests took place outside of key government offices, including minority leader uh, Jeffries. And it seems like Israel is losing the battle of public opinion at this point. Um, And though the calls for a ceasefire uh, continue here. I'm not exactly sure, again, what Biden and his administration can do other than what they've been doing, which is sending key officials over, um, continuing to talk to uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, But, you know, the situation is becoming extremely dire. Uh, certainly, as as uh, predicted, as we said and have said, the next few weeks are going to be very difficult. Uh, I think the calculus within the Biden administration is uh, that if you uh, do as they have support uh, Israel, which I think they believe is the right thing to do, you have more leverage to help constrain the behavior of Israel. Um, I'm not sure whether that is actually borne out by the facts, um, but if you turn your back on Israel, it's almost uh, uh, inarguable that 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 you would not have any influence over them. Um, that said, you know, is there ever any reason to bomb a hospital? I think that's a weighty question. Uh, you know, you may feel there are bad people inside the hospital. There are probably other ways uh, to go after those bad people than something which... Uh, uh, delivers destruction um, over, you know, a broad area and can easily um, have 
very bad outcomes for innocent people. Um, I, I, in, when they choose to do this each time, the Israelis are saying, you know, nothing, nothing takes more priority uh, uh, than our security. Um, but I think in so doing, they may be putting their security at further risk. We shall see. Riley? So Argentina held their presidential election Sunday, and this was something we talked about previously on on our daily show, but the far-right libertarian Javier Malay won by a pretty significant margin despite polls that showed them pretty close. He ended up winning by more than 11 points, and his victory was celebrated by such winners as Donald Trump and Jair Bolsonaro. So that's kind of the crowd he runs in for those unfamiliar. He's promised drastic changes to the country, including ditching the peso for the dollar, quote unquote, blowing up the central bank, cutting welfare and closing ministries of culture, women, health and education. So, you know, promising pretty drastic changes. But the silver lining is that his party only holds a small number of seats in Congress. So he will need to negotiate pretty, pretty heavily with the opposing parties. Look, you know, he's a nut. You know, when Brazil elected Bolsonaro, I think they thought, hey, we can create the Latin version of Donald Trump. And as so often is the case, Argentina's response was, hold my beer. Because, you know, this guy, Malay, is, you know, cuckoo. Uh, and, and, And now, there are some people who are observers to this who think he may settle down and not be quite as extreme uh, as, as, a, as a president than he was running for office. Um, all I would say to them is uh, give us a call up here in the United States and we'll let you know how that works out because uh, everybody said, well, Donald Trump will become more presidential. Um, and uh, in the uh, um, years since uh, they said that, he has only ever become less presidential. Chris? Tweet from Secretary uh, Austin this morning. I just arrived in Kyiv to meet with Ukrainian leaders. I'm here today to deliver an important message. The United States will continue to stand with Ukraine in their fight for freedom against Russia's aggression, both now and into the future. I find this um, significant, one, because Biden is paying attention to multiple crises all at once, sending key officials um, to not just Israel, but obviously Ukraine. We still have to solve the funding issue uh, with Congress, although there's probably ways around that. And Biden has been clever in continuing to support the Ukrainians, both, uh, you know, hourly with his words, as well as with funding. Um, But super positive development um, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin in Kiev this morning, and he'll meet with President Zelensky uh, at some point during his visit. Glad we're focused on it. Think it's the right thing to do. It would be better if we sent the money and weapons, uh, uh, or additional money and additional weapons, and so it'd be better if the Congress, um, you know, voted through the the additional. Um, allocation of funds that the uh, Biden administration has requested. Currently, I think the expectation in the White House is that that will happen between Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, and that 
if it gets to the floor, it will pass fairly substantially in the House with substantial uh, numbers of Democrats and Republicans voting together, perhaps as many as 300. Riley? So there is a G20 compact with Africa conference uh, that is starting today in Germany. Um, So they're hosting more than a dozen uh, leaders from African countries for two days in this conference. And it's the main aim is to bolster private investment in Africa. Um, Some of the notable European leaders going to be there, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, French President Emmanuel Macron, and Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte will uh, be in attendance and course olaf schultz is hosting the conference um and again the key thing is private investment in the continent there's to the aid of africa but a lot of it is of course for kind of more pragmatic reasons which is there's critical minerals there and a lot of opportunity for financial investment economic opportunities interesting to see kind of what as a result of this conference african countries have kind of complained and recently that Europe does a lot of lecturing, but not as much private investment as China. But uh, Chinese investment is slowing due to their kind of economy lagging. So big opportunity for Europe there. And we're curious to see what the results are. Uh, We try to cover things about Africa on a regular basis, uh, as we have over the past few weeks, because uh, some of the world's biggest challenges are in Africa. Uh, Some of the most promising uh, economic stories are in Africa. A substantial number of the world's people are in Africa, and it doesn't get enough coverage in the news. And all I would say is keep listening to the DSR network because we will be doing more and more on Africa and Latin America and other undercovered regions. Uh, because just because they're not, you know, making it to the top 20 minutes of your local cable news broadcast does not mean they're not important. They're super important. Chris? Co-founder Sam Altman of uh, OpenAI Open was fired on Friday um, by the board. Uh, four members of the board voted to oust him uh, for reasons that are um, still sketchy. Um, I'm sure there will be more information that comes out. But that didn't stop Microsoft from hiring both he and um, Greg Brockman the other co-founder of OpenAI, to head up their own AI um, developments. I find this to be, especially in in light of what's going on with Google, uh, Amazon, Meta, um, Microsoft seems to be at least um, gliding somewhat under the radar uh, with, with their developments. They'd already had a partnership to bring... Uh, AI to their search engine. Um, I see this as a pretty positive development and I'm still interested to understand what exactly happened um, because Sam Altman is pretty uh, synonymous with OpenAI. Um, there was an article in Wired regarding the structure of the company and how, <laughs> and funny that not dissimilar to what happened in the House of Representatives that four people had the power to uh, to oust him. Um, reasons given for that were essentially that they didn't want some rogue AI um, taking over the world, but they think that it'll weaken the company. And frankly, so do I. Uh, well, 
you know, here's the, here's the situation at OpenAI. Um, you know, the, it had an unusual structure. Um, there was a not-for-profit company that was existed and given control over the for-profit company of, of OpenAI. The for-profit company of OpenAI created the fastest-growing product, ChatGPT, in the AI world. Um, several people left the board uh uh, and the, the the members of the not-for-profit uh, had a different mission, really, than the for-profit. Their mission was to ensure AI safety. And so when they saw the speed of the development of ChatGPT and the speed of the growth, uh, which they associated uh, rightly with Sam Altman, they were like, uh, no, this is going too fast. One way to watch this space closely um, uh, is to follow our friend Karen Howe, uh, who was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yesterday, uh, in the midst of all of this, she announced that she is actually writing a book on OpenAI and has been writing a book on OpenAI for the past year. And she is uh, revealing insights into what happened there um, and uh, has a kind of expertise, deep expertise, in, in in the dynamics within the company that very few people have. So I, I recommend you, to, uh, you know, follow Karen. And uh, if you listen to the podcast, you probably decided to do that anyway, because I thought she was really good. Riley? Yeah, so unfortunately, not, not a happy news story to end uh, my stories for today. But as I'm sure everyone has heard over the weekend, former First Lady Rosalind Carter passed away at the age of 96. Um, we had heard last week that she was entering hospice care, which Jimmy Carter has been in hospice care since February of this year. Um, but unfortunately, she did pass away from uh, her battle with dementia. So, I mean, obviously a sad day, both for America and around the world. A lot of the Carter's kind of greatest work even came after the presidency with the Carter Center, which holds a special place in my heart. And just all the all the work they've done with Habitats for Humanity. But even in the presidency, she really expanded the role of of what it means to be first lady beyond being a host to being a kind of an active partner for president Carter and foreign policy and international travel. So just unfortunate news, but you know, an incredible life lived uh, and living to the age of 96 is obviously incredible. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Carter described her as his, uh, you know, full partner and everything. She would sit in on cabinet meetings. She would sit in on other meetings with the president, uh, undoubtedly played the most active role of a first lady since uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, um, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, produced a lot of change in a number of areas, including the area of mental health, where she was a champion. Uh, and uh, she will clearly be missed, uh, uh, and, you know, and I think probably most notably by her husband who as you say remains in hospice care and has had her at his side for many 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 decades now uh but it is it is a loss and it is one worth noting um we'll be back with uh more news tomorrow uh it is a holiday week so i think uh, you need to prepare yourself that on um uh thursday and uh friday we will not be uh, uh, doing the daily, but we will, uh, of course, resume next Monday. Uh, but we've got tomorrow, we've got Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. Until then, bye bye.
Thank you.